If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Lightmap from Sifter. On Lightmap, we explore what it takes to make games and interactive media from creative teams all around the world. It's a guide to interesting new gameplay experiences, cool stories, and we meet new developers, artists, musicians, researchers, and more. On this episode, we are joined by Mel Taylor from Mellow Games. They are based in Brisbane, and her game is Blueberry, which explores the life of a girl. And you collect her memories to find the missing ones and learn about the traumas that still haunt her. Thank you very much for joining us, Mel. Thank you for having me. We can't wait to learn more about this really interesting platforming game, uh, which combines a narrative as well and an emotional arc. Um, but without any further ado, let's, let's jump in. So Blueberry is uh, a story-focused uh, game, a platforming game uh, with a bunch of mini games and uh, a sur- it's a surreal heartfelt adventure um but before i say any more mel can you summarize blueberry for us uh yeah so it's basically a journey through a woman's mind from birth to death and um you sort of join her on her on a journey through her psyche and this um, psychological state is represented by a tower and the higher you climb the older you get and on your way up you um uh, find some doors that lead to her memories. And then the mini games are the memories that you play. And at some point you will find um, that there are missing memories that you have to retrieve. And for each uh, of these memories that you play, you get one puzzle piece, um, which is like um, also a sort of representation of her psyche. And um, you have to find the missing puzzle pieces, basically. And to do that, you can go back down the tower and um, uh, sort of replay some memories. And um, these memories will appear in a sepia color and will change according to her perspective. Like from a teenager perspective, things will turn out a bit differently than when you played it as a child. And then you can also um, find the memories that are gaps um, yeah, and that's sort of the basic premise. What is, I guess, the the touchstone in terms of games? If we're describing it for people who m- might only be listening to this on their podcast players, how would you describe uh, what the gameplay is uh, closest to uh, for, for people so they've got a frame of reference? Um, so it's a mixture between platforming and mini games, like little vignettes from her life. And uh, one inspiration was uh, Night in the Woods, um, for example, and that is uh, like it does have platforming and I guess it could technically be called a platformer, but the platforming there is very, uh, it's not dexterity, dexterity oriented. 
And in Blueberry, it's um, a bit more like that, but there's very little penalty for failing. So it's a bit like in Fez, where if you fall, you just um, respawn on the on the platform that you were on before. And uh, with the mini games, um, it's very circumstantial, like depending on what happens. So when you're a little kid, it's it's a bit more uh, physics oriented. So you, for example, you have to uh, climb up in the kitchen uh, to get to some cookies. It's just like in the mind of a child, what a child wants, right? And then you to do that, you have to stack pots and pans or at some point you play floor is lava. And um, when you're a teenager, um, we have more dialogue because as a kid, she doesn't really... Uh, so only in her inside her mind, she sort of talks to her toys, but she doesn't really understand the words that her mom says properly. And um, yeah, with the dialogue, um, we also have things that sort of um, like upset her or, or make her happier. And uh, to represent this, we have something we call the blues bar, which is a bit like an inverted health bar. So uh, you, you want to keep it as low as possible. And um, the, so depending on the dialogue that you have or other things that happen, in the world, um, it can go up. For example, she has a very complicated relationship with her mother, and in some dialogue scenes with her mother, the blues bar goes up. And we also use this uh, mechanic for something we call word fights, where um, she has a fight, she has fights with her mom, uh, for example, and then uh, her mom also has a blues bar. And the goal is to um, get the other character's blues bar up and keep your own blues bar down. And the character that has 100% blues first sort of storms out and then you win or lose the fight, basically. Um, that, that seems like a really interesting mechanic. But, you know, when, when we think about it in the context of the real world, you know, the idea most of the time, hopefully, isn't that you're trying to make people more, you know, upset or getting them to storm out. We're probably trying to find a nice way to do that. Can you tell me about how you kind of work in that sort of emotional layer into the the game? Um, and the character itself, I mean, without going into too many spoilers, but the character itself um, to explore the story of this person's life. Yeah, it's sort of, so you meet her mother already in the child phase. So the, the game also has four life phases. So it's child, teenager, and adult, and then elderly lady. And... Um, like there are some things that the mom does, which sort of um, are not great. And you find out that there's a lot of neglect in her life and that there's sort of the family life is, is very complicated. And um, the more you play, the more you find out about the details of that and how like at the beginning, there's a lot where she just wants attention from her mom. And you notice that her mom's always busy and always busy, uh, sort of distracted and not really taking care of her well, very well. And then at some point um, in the teenager phase, the mom appears super mean. And that's sort of the the setup for, um, yeah, saying upsetting things as well. And at some point you might think like she's the villain. And then as an adult, um, your perspective changes again a bit because you have your own kid at some point. And then, uh, some scenes sort of repeat in a way where the roles change. So you're the mom now. And um, then you kind of also understand your own mom a bit better. And then you notice, okay, she's not just evil. And she did in some situations make mistakes, but she also um, still wanted the best. And 
yeah, that, those terms are, this is hard to come to terms with. In terms, it seems like the game explores mental health in quite a lot of detail than we usually get out of games. Um, how much research did you do uh, in terms of um, how certain things affect certain people? Um, so the core um, narrative revolves around trauma. And I was, um, so my, my initial idea for Blueberry was, okay, I want to explore how memories are processed and um, the trauma stuff is sort of, okay, what happens if your processing of memories is, is kind of interrupted or, or defect because of things that you have experienced. And um, so one book I read about that, which I really liked was, um, it's called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kohl is his name. I think it's a, he's a Dutch um, psychotherapist. Oh no, no, he's Belgium, sorry. And um, uh, so this book is very interesting because uh, I, so I wanted to also find out like what kind of uh, is the mechanism of things that go wrong uh, in this case, but also like how can you sort of fix it <laughs> theoretically? And like um, Blueberry is supposed to be a journey um, where it can get quite sad and very confronting at times. Um, and I I wanted to sort of mitigate that through the friendly art style and sort of say, okay, this this is a tough story, but um, we like it's also it has some kind of warmth and redemption and um i wanted to show okay this life is very very tough but it's you can um get over it and uh it's supposed to like end on a hopeful note and not just get worse and worse but the thing is also it's it's it ends with death so that that's not a spoiler it's just it's her whole life right and I guess it also deals with like what's important in life and um, how can a traumatized person still have a happy life and sort of come to terms with this. And um, I, I do have to say like there are some of my own experiences in there too. Um, but I, for me, it was also important that it's not about me. Like I wanted to make it about someone else and um, uh, sort of, have things like some situations are sort of inspired by my life, but it's not my life. <laughs> and of course, like, I think if you are someone yourself who had some things in your life that have been very difficult, and especially like for me, it was also had to do with my family, uh, then you always ask yourself, like, am I different than anyone else? And how, uh, how can I be normal or whatever? So I think that's what it was like for me. And I I uh, started sort of obsessively reading about these things. And I thought um, this whole mechanic of memory processing is also like not only regarding to mental health issues, but it's generally interesting for a game. Um, yeah, and that's how I sort of got the idea you know, are somewhat being seen through a different lens in the story of this game. Was it a, a like an emotionally valuable thing for you to make it uh, in order to, to reframe some of your, your, your context and your history? I think that's sort of the special thing about making art in general. And for me, just about making games is um, like there's, there might be a little bit of yourself in there. And um, I also think for me, it helps um, as an indie game developer 
which is very hard um, to be successful in. It helps if you get something out of it that's not just commercial success. And I'm like, okay, um, I have this chance now to do this thing and I really want to make something that's valuable to myself, even if it's not commercially successful. And that doesn't mean that I don't want it to be successful because I believe that um, these things can go together. It is possible. And especially if it's meaningful to other people, you can make it also commercially successful. But um, if it's not, then I think I'm still getting something out of it. Like it definitely helps me to process things or get clearer or get some distance from it maybe as well. So I would say yes, but that that's probably different for every person. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think yes. I'm looking at the art style of uh, Blueberry. It is it's very delicate and it's and it's and it's very soft. Um, how did you how did you develop that visual style? So I I wanted it to um, be kind of inviting and um, and very vibrant. And so the the basic idea was okay. This flat illustration style that's sort of um, kind of simple but has very um, uh, strong colors um and i i think like what i really like is contrast just generally in in uh, visual styles and i think it it also it can help to make it very poignant sort of okay this is like a dark phase and this is like a happy phase and sort of just super exaggerate with that and um so that helped i also wanted to make it simple just to keep the scope a bit low um, but I, I did also want to make it like, okay, this is a story that deals with tough subjects, but um, it's it tells you uh, this game is friendly. It's not going to be mean to you <laughs> as a player. <laughs> That's something I'm really curious about as well, because, you know, for a lot of people, if you're talking about delicate emotional experiences, um, sort of framing that experience for players uh, is an important thing to do. What considerations have you, you done so that, you know, people know what they're going into um, when they're going to play your game? Yeah, that that's a very good point. Because um, I think, um, so I did put up like uh, trigger warning and stuff um, on the Steam page or content warning and also... Um, in the game itself, but it's sort of, I think that probably needs to be a bit more clear <laughs> because, um, yeah, that's, it's, the thing is um, the sort of trap we are going into is that it's, it seems, it could seem to people like it's a kid's game or it's like um, super wholesome or something. And that's not what it's supposed to be. And that's also something because like, we're still in development. So we're still sort of figuring that out. And um yeah, I, th I think that this does need to be super, super clear because that's it's important to me that people do know what they're going into. So I, I think that's just something that we need to figure out a bit better, like a very strong trigger warning at the beginning or something. Because because I think um, I, I think it's okay to have this, but it just needs the player needs to know what they're going into. 
Can you tell me, you know, experiences like being selected for the PAX Australia Showcase and, you know, things like Next Fest as well, opportunities for people to, to play your game. What sort of feedback have, have people been giving you so far? Is it along those lines where there needs to be a bit more explicit about what's in there or, or you know, is it just sort of gameplay stuff? How, how do you get that feedback and into, integrated into the development of this game? Yeah, um, we have been getting a lot of really, really nice feedback, um, which is great. Uh, there was one streamer actually who said that, and she was, she also really liked the game, but she was like, I think I would have liked to have been warned about this a bit more. And in the demo, to be fair, there's really nothing too harsh, nothing too super bad, but it's, um, it's also going to get worse in the game. <laughs> so that needs to be, um, very clear. But, uh, generally the feedback has been very good. And, um, I think that players, um, who, might maybe have dealt with their own problems in life or can identify with some things that are going on there, really feel like um, they are being understood and heard. At least that's my my hope. But uh, yeah, from the feedback so far, I mean, there's a lot of gameplay stuff as well. And uh, that's great too, because we can make improvements and just see how players feel and how, um, how they sort of perceive whatever we did there. Um, but yeah, I think the general concept is something that, that people really like and that they can identify with. Who is this game for? So I, I think it's for people, on the one hand, who might deal with things like that themselves, but also people who might just be interested in these kind of um, things like trauma processing or memory processing. Because, um, yeah, like... We did try to make it, um, of course, it's all symbolism and it's all um, abstract, but we did try to make the sort of basic mechanics of how you remember things uh, pretty accurate. Because um, like when you think of things, um, it's not like a file that you access, but it's more like it changes every time you think of it. And that's like, even if you tell a story from your past, um, you tell it a little bit differently every time. And that's actually something super interesting about memory uh, in humans in general, that it's not as reliable as we think. And uh, I think this concept is interesting, even if if you have not gone through trauma or if you don't have any family problems to deal with or anything, um, it's just interesting as a concept. And I also think that um, there might be, it might create some understanding for people who have gone through things like this, if if you don't know anything about it. So that's my hope is that it's on the one hand for people who have gone through things who would like to process it, but on the other hand, also for people who would like to know more about it and understand that better and create awareness for that. It's interesting when you mention that because, you know, there is a, a concept in, in narrative, um, the unreliable narrator, and sort of coming to the understanding that everyone has an unreliable narrator in their mind when they're rethinking about that, um, the, the parts of the game. What sort of gameplay things are you doing in order to sort of show that, you know, things can be reframed or changed as, as memories are sort of thought of differently, different contexts um, as you go through the game? Yeah, um, so I mentioned these um, this revisiting mechanics. So what happens is... Um, when Blueberry, like when you play some scenes, uh, you get these memory links, we call them. And those are like objects that remind her of something that happened in the past. And these um, things are like in in your big puzzle that you are assembling. Um, they are 
usually object shapes, sh object shaped puzzle pieces. So for example, um, at one point we have a wine bottle where you go back, you use it to go back to a scene um, in the kitchen and then like in your parents' kitchen. And then um, this is basically a scene that you already played. And uh, this time it's in the sort of sepia colored scene, like an old photo, as if you're going like to an old photo and playing that. And then um, there are some parts that still have the color and these are the new parts. And in this particular scene, for example, um, you find an area that you have not been able to explore before. And then you see that something else happens there. Um, like in this case, um, your dad has been drinking and that's like why the wine bottle shows up and reminds you of that. And um, this is something that as a child or as a younger child, she didn't perceive in the same way. And what we also do in, if you go from the teenager phase back to the child phase, because she didn't really understand a lot that was going on around her, um, there's dialogue that appears that hasn't been there before. So before that, it was just sort of symbols. And then suddenly you understand what your mom, for example, was saying when she was talking on the phone. So we try to sort of make these little revelations in between where um, the scenes get more meaning or different meanings as you age. You're still in the development process of this game. Um, where can people, you know, tell us about where you're at right now and a little bit about the team who are working on this game. Um, so right now we're sort of... Um, yeah, I would say at 50% or so. So it's still going to take a while until the game comes out. And also we've been looking for a publisher for quite a while and uh, need more funding. So it's stagnating a little bit. Um, but yeah, right now, so it's, I'm sort of the only full-time member of the team, but I'm working with uh, some freelancers. So that's um, Anders, who's doing our sound design and music and, Phoebe, who's doing our 2D animation, like the character animation, and David, who's doing programming. And so I do the art and design and all of the other stuff, business development, <laughs> everything. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a pretty small team and um, uh, it's, it's dif just difficult to find funding and a, a publisher and stuff for a small team like that. But uh, yeah, it's great team as well one of the things we like to ask people who when they come on the show is i guess some advice or, or experiences they've had of making their game um and things that they might want to do slightly differently if they had their time again in the process was there anything in this that you know you started when first making blueberry and then realized down the track oh i, I made a mistake and i should have done that completely differently and it changed the way uh, that you've developed it so far i would say i think um that might actually always happen, no, no matter how experienced you are, because you always sort of explore new mechanics. Uh, hopefully, I mean, maybe not. Maybe you're just relying on what, what you know already. But it's often like that's just sort of the nature of game design. If you want to explore new things that you have to fail and you have to uh, know that you're failing and, and test early and then just try to improve it. And some things might just not work. And then you have to try to find other solutions for that. Like at the beginning, um, I was actually thinking uh, I, I didn't want to make the sort of core level map a tower 
but I wanted to make it like a cube and then uh, have the player be able to walk like along the X and Y axis, but also along the Z axis and go uh, find totally different storylines. And that's just massively overscoped. So I found out pretty early that that was not doable. But yeah, I think uh, like for me, the most important lesson with game design has always been um, try to uh, be good at failing, basically, <laughs> and um, improve things along the way always and be self-critical. On that, I guess, what is something that you're really proud of um, that you made a mistake early and, uh, you know, were able to change that you think have now really has fundamentally you know, become a core of what your game is? One thing that I, that took me long to realize, actually, um, that I put uh, a bit more in in the middle of the game is the this blues mechanic. And because I, I did want to make it about trauma and uh, about memories, and that's uh, a little bit more high concept but on on a moment-to-moment gameplay level um these things are not as clear i think and um the the thing is also with um depression and uh yeah like sadness or mood disorders um it's it feels very simplified to just have this bar that goes up and down but on the other hand it's a very clear signal to the player um, like what's her mood and how can I influence this? And this is really um, something that also uh, has a kind of fail state because um, because it's sort of like if it goes to 100%, she often, like the scene often ends. And But it's not a, a mechanical fail state. It's more like a story fail state. So this scene ends with you being at 100% blues and you storm out, for example, and then um, this influences the later narrative of the game. So I think uh, like putting the blues bar a bit more at the center and also having the blues um, carry over because at the beginning I was thinking, okay, this is only going to be on a level to level basis and not a like complete uh, overall gameplay thing. Um, I think that was a good decision because it's, it feels much more coherent now. It's a part of the PAX Indie Showcase at PAX Australia, which is online, which means everyone around the whole country, around the world, is able to uh, take part in it. The game we're talking about is called Blueberry. Mel Taylor, thank you so much for for joining us on this episode, telling us a little bit more about your game. We actually can't wait to play it when we get the chance to do it. Um, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to, to join us for this PAX Australia. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about the game, you can head to uh, mellow-games.com. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter. It's GamesMellow or follow Mel uh, on Twitter. That's Mel under, double underscore T uh, on Twitter. There'll be links to everything we talked about in the show notes of this particular episode. Uh, and this is Lightmap. Uh, if you have just uh, joined us in the PAX Australia Discord, uh, where we talk to game developers, uh, talk to musicians, scientists, researchers, people doing creative things in interactive media, and we find out a bit of their story. Um, Lightmap is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Nicholas Kennedy, Daniel Ang, Sarah Island, Viv Thumb, and Adam Christou. Uh, Mitch Lowe, who joined me on this episode, is our senior producer. Thanks for joining me, Mitch. Thank you very much for having me, Gianni. And my name is Gianni Di Giovanni, and I'm the executive producer. Uh, we've got a brand new website uh, that is Sifter dot com dot au uh, you can find links to the games we talk about on every episode um, read more about the guests that we feature um, and find a lot of other cool stuff as well including videos interviews um, 
lots of other bits and pieces. That's at sifter.com.au. And uh, while you're listening to us on the PAX Discord, uh, you might want to have a look at ours. Um, we have a collection of uh, developers and we like to talk about things we've made, uh, things that everybody else has made, um, and our general interests, including TV, movies, and music. Visit sifter.com.au forward slash discord to get there. That's sifter.com.au forward slash discord. And, um, and the one free thing you can do to help support us is uh, word of mouth. Uh, share the show. Um, it's really important to indie podcasts like us. So uh, let your friends know um, if you think they'll enjoy it. Uh, send them a link to make it easy for them. And uh, yeah, we'll love you forever. Uh, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us again, Mel. We appreciate you sharing your insights uh, and sharing a little bit about Blueberry. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and if, for those listening, uh, wherever you are, that's all for this episode of Lightmap. Until next time, have fun. Bye. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.